0: This week includes a day that comes around every year. It's called Valentine's Day. Heads up to all we men. Is it here again? In keeping with that special day, I am going to direct the word to this subject, the keys to a blessed marriage keys to a blessed marriage. Before I read the text, I must inform you that this message is for people who are married, for people who want to be married, and for people who are sorry they're married. (laughs) Just about everyone, isn't it? So would you put the scripture on the screen as I read it? You follow as I read. Genesis 2 and 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, Wow, where you been all my life? Well, he had never seen a woman before. Well, okay. Adam said, "This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh." Everybody say, "One flesh." flesh. Verse twenty-five, and they were both naked. The man and his wife, they were not ashamed. Help me pray for the anointing on me and on you. Reach your hands this way. I really covet your prayer here. Lord, this is the second service. Same word. But sometimes you take the word and and make it differently for different services. Uh, Pour out upon us today. Father, I pray that this time wouldn't be boring or distracting or any kind of flesh involved. Stir us together. We, we got to have your meat today, God. And when we look at the condition of marriage in America, we got to have your help. So beginning us today. Everybody say amen. You may put on the screen, if you will, the slide with the subject. There you are. Thank you. You know, over the years, we hear a lot of things about marriage, some comical and some... Not so funny. But especially when little children talk about subjects like the family and marriage, uh, usually they start off well, but they don't always end up where you think they're going. For example, I read of a little boy who had returned from church and his mother was asking him what he had learned in Sunday school. Heather, good to see you, girl. Heather's been in the hospital for days. And here she are in the house. Bless you, heaven. Thank you for bringing Josh, your husband, with you. Uh, this little boy, he has gone to Sunday school, and his mother says, what have you learned uh, in Sunday school The boy said, we, we've talked about the things that Jesus said in the New Testament. His mother said, what did Jesus say about marriage? The little boy thought about it a second He said Jesus said, "Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do." <laughs> uh, one of the boy came from church and was trying to explain to his parents what he learned about how God created the first woman. He told his parents that God cut open the side of Adam and Woman was made out of the side of Adam. A little bit later on in the same day, the boy had a side ache, and he told his mother, I think I'm having a wife. <laughs> Doesn't happen that way, does it? Still on the lighter side, uh, someone suggested there are six rules that guys wish women knew. Six rules that guys wish Women knew. Number one, I I didn't write these, okay? Just reading. Uh, Six rules that guys wish women knew. Number one, you have too many shoes already. Number two, guys want women to know this crying is blackmail. Number three, Ask for what you want. Subtle hints do not work. (laughs) Number four, six rules that guys wish women knew. Mark our calendar anniversary on our calendar with a highlighter. Number five, headaches that last for 17 months are (laughs) medical problems. See a doctor. And here's the final of the six. If something we said can be interpreted in two ways and one of those ways make you mad, we were thinking about the other way. (laughs) And all the guys say, amen. Here's a more solemn note as I begin this lesson. There are many marriages today that are dead or dying. Marriages where love is as dead as a corpse. Marriages today where yesterday's hopes and dreams have been assassinated by hateful words. There are marriages today that are bound in grave clothes of bitter memories. There are marriages today that have been scarred by adultery or pornography or outright neglect or abuse. There are marriages today where all meaningful communication is a dull memory. There are no perfect marriages. There are only marriages that are in the process of becoming better or bitter. In marriage, the natural tendency is towards deterioration, not improvement. If a marriage is left unattended, it will naturally deteriorate. If a plant is left without water, the only direction is to die. The only way that marriages and marriage partners can offset the decay that is possible for their marriage is by taking problem, uh, pardon me, proactive approach towards improving their relationship. So I'm going to share with you three major thoughts on marriage, and each one will have a sub-thought under that topic. Let's begin with the idea of marriage. Where did marriage come from? When you recall our scripture, marriage was God's idea to begin with. Notice some things about God's idea, about this thing about marriage. And first you look at is the concern. What's the concern about God's idea? The Bible says five times In the story of creation, God looked at what he had created and saw that it was good. Then God created man and he looked back and said it was very good. In chapter 2, verse 18 of Genesis, the Bible said that God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. Man, therefore, needed someone to relate to. So God created woman. The word for man in the Hebrew is the word ish, I-S-H. Ish means strong. The word for woman in the Hebrew is isha, which means soft. It would appear to me that we need them both. Strong and soft. Having, having said that, that God saw it was good, his creation, but not good for Adam to be alone, look at the completion of what God did. It would be verses 22 to 24. So the modern day thinking would be like this. God gave the first anesthesia in the Garden of Eden, and caused a deep sleep to come on Adam. Then God performed a sur- first surgery and took out a rib from Adam's side, and out of the rib, God built a woman. She was taken from his side and not molded from the ground like Adam was. She was taken from a part of Adam so that Adam was naturally incomplete until they were together. One of the church fathers of many years ago, his name Augustine, said, if God had meant for woman to rule over man, he would have taken her from his head. If God meant for her to be a slave, he would have taken her from his feet. But God took woman out of man's side for he made her to be a helpmeet and an equal to him. Hey, boy. I don't have this in my notes, but I sure feel it. If you take your Bible... And tell your wife that she must submit to you without you telling her that you should love her as Christ loved the church. Somebody should slap you. (laughs) This book has been taken by a lot of so-called spiritual men to hurt marriages rather than help it. Back to my notes. Notice the cause of marriage. Concern, completion, and cause. Marriage was originated with God. When marriage follows God's blueprint, then marriage can be the most encouraging experiences on this earth. I'm, I'm, you're going to write it down if you want to, but I'm, I'm going to put this at you. Marriage is to be an encouragement factory. Yeah. Do you know if you encourage somebody, it's easier for them to encourage you? That is profound. Do you know if you criticize somebody, it's easier for them to criticize you? Do you know if you encourage somebody without they encouraging you, God's going to bless you anyhow? Do you know if you forgive somebody, it's a way of encouraging them. Works in marriage. So marriage should be a a factory of encouragement. We need to think complimentary. If you say more complimentary words to... Tell teller at the bank or the clerk at the register, you don't even know them. Or the people at the laundry, you don't even know. That's not going to help your marriage. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you this because I have about, and I'm not trying to be unkind here, but all, all my, we've had two services for years. Some time ago, we've had three services. Years, we've had two. And I say that to tell you that each service, like this one and this one, they have a little difference. They have a little bit of a different dynamic. And some of the prayer team there in both services, there's a little bit, uh, you, you, you got to take it on a little different way. And when I come up to this second service, I, I gotta realize the dynamics. Because if I don't, I'll go home. I'm gonna be gone in a few weeks, so. Every once in a while, I just need a little encouragement from, from somebody. Somebody, you know? I mean, I didn't pull this sermon off the internet last night, although it might not have been bad. if I don't mean to be difficult, but I got more time behind me than ahead of me, so I'm going to speak out. I love you with the love of the Lord. Hey, look at this, look at this. Here's instructions for marriage. There must be commitment. Uh, in this, this marriage covenant, we've we got to be commitment to, to responsibilities. For, for a good marriage, there must be 100% commitment on the spouse on both sides. 100%. Well, I've done my 50%, now it's your turn. No, 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 no. Commitment for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer in sickness and in health or until death separate us. Commitment. God likens marriage to be we being the bride of Christ. And when Jesus married us at our place of salvation, he didn't have a prenup agreement. If I get tired of you, Jesus says, you can have, well, you can't have nothing because you didn't bring nothing to it. (laughs) Jesus don't do that. And we got to struggle through some things. Be like Jesus and forgive some things and forget some things and commit to the greater things. Amen. I'm not some sort of just don't act like there are problems. There are problems. But if you're working on it together, that, that makes for a long place of solution. You know, we, we are living in an age of disposability. We uh, use it once and throw it away. And, and that's kind of the way uh, marriages have become in America. If you don't, Well, we give this a year's run, and if it don't work, we'll dispose of it. disposable some things you ought to hold on to for a while my wife she bought some paper plates the other day which are a little bit more thicker than the ones you can see through and she, she always has uh, these plastic cups yeah who said that oh Four of you, you y'all got them too. We wash them and put them back up. There ain't going to be no solo about it. I said to my wife yesterday, having obtained one of those thicker paper plates, I said, honey, I want to put it on the counter. You wash it and use it again. We don't do that. But, but this business of uh, forgetting about leaving and cleaving is not God's plan. Th- there was this thing about commitment that, uh, I-, I need to say this right here. There are thousands of babies that will be born in America today. And hundreds of them will be born to a single mom. The uh, man was there to be involved in the biological union for a child, but he's long been gone. Thousands of them, and and the pain of the family in America and marriages is that we have fatherless homes single parent homes in America. And that's not just a statistic, there are repercussions of single homes in America as it relates to children. Research confirms that these children are more likely to commit delinquent acts, drop out of school, have children out of wedlock, suffer poverty, receive welfare, Abuse drugs and alcohol. The future is much brighter for children who have two parents in a committed relationship. Committed. Oh, boy. It would appear to me in, in a single situation, in most of them, that children become disposable. That's not God's plan. Commitment, commitment in marriage. Listen to this about the demonstration of commitment. I read this some time ago. It says, for many years, Robertson McKilkin was the president of Columbia Bible College. Some years ago, he had to resign this position because his wife was suffering from the advanced stages of Alzheimer's disease. In his letter of resignation, this is what he said. My dear wife, Mural, has been in failing mental health for about eight years. So far, I've been able to carry her ever-growing needs and my leadership responsibilities here at the college. But recently, it has become apparent that she needs me more and more. She's filled with fear and terror every time I am away that she, fearful that she's lost me and always goes in search of me when I leave home. This decision was made in a way 42 years ago when I promised to care for Muriel in sickness and in health till death do us part. He continues, integrity has something to do with it, but so does fairness. She has cared for me faithfully and fully and sacrificially all these years. If I cared for her for the next 40 years, I will not be out of debt. But there's more. She is a delight to me, her childlike dependence and confidence in me, her warm love, occasional flashes of of wit that I used to relish, her happy spirit and tough resilience in the face of a continual distressing frustration. I don't have to care for Muriel. I get to. Commitment. In the first service, there was a gentleman whom I've known for over 33 years whose family is in this service. He and his wife have been married over 50 or more years. And in the recent four years or so, his wife fell. Terribly ill, sickness. It has so deteriorated in his recent years. She was incoherent. She could express thoughts clearly. She was uh, sometimes erratic. She became such a risk to her own self. That she needed care around the clock. Reluctantly and tearfully, he placed her in a facility that would offer her care around the clock. Tears in his eyes. She had been so loyal and faithful. A mother, a grandmother, a woman of God. Every day. Every day. He is probably there now. He, every day, sharply. It's rain, shine, even snow. He will dress himself even more than he might if he's going to work in his yard. He will get in his truck or his car. And he will drive over to this nursing home assisted kind of living situation. He will get out of his car every day. He will go to her room. Whether she knows him that day or not. Whether she's sleeping the full time he's there. Whether well, she's crying all morning and he doesn't know why. He'll make sure she's fed. She's given her proper medication. She's treated like a human being. And then he'll leave and start it over all again the next day. And that would be your granddaddy, Miss Monty. Stand for your granddaddy. Please, let us applaud your granddaddy. Just stand. Thank you, Monty. Oh, boy. Somehow, when my time is ending, I want my girls and my grandchildren to say, Dad, We liked you as a preacher. You dedicated us and baptized us. You helped us through high school and college. But you know what, Dad? Best of all is you loved our mom. You loved our mom. You know, Valerie and I look okay and we are okay, but we like the rest of you. We, we go through storms. I, I don't mean our marriage. I mean our life. The only thing will last is love. didn't do that in the first service but let me say this to you there must be closeness in marriage can I get an name in here I- I'm going to see if I can say that in a way that is uh, simple but true closeness Jesus said that a marriage consists of a man leaving his mother and father being joined to his wife cleaving together till death separate. Jesus said whatever God has brought together let no man divide separate us under. Now here to beat up anybody. I'm just here to say that if we do it Jesus way he'll help us. closeness. Closeness is is a more than just the intimacy of which is a part of marriage, but body to body. The word joined means to be glued together. Amen. Glued together. Let, let, let me let me say this to you. There is there's a problem that exist in the world and maybe in the church where we often do things reversed of what God tells us to do. Reversed. Uh, For example, the way God meant it to be in this union of man and woman, husband and wife, is that there must be coming together, first of all, of spirit to spirit union. Can I get an amen? Spirit to spirit means that uh, righteousness and lawlessness can't get along. Dark and light can't get along unless light outshines chance of dark. So there's a spirit to spirit where the apostle Paul says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion is light with darkness. Uh, you know, the reason when uh, the, the marriages get in trouble is that uh, neither husband or wife, uh, they feel empty because they don't have anything spiritual in common. Now, now, after the spirit to spirit, here's what's intended according to God's order. The next level is soul to soul. That's where we get to know each other's personality. That's that's where we uh, learn of each other's disposition and character, qualities, and that's where we become good friends, soul to soul. You ever heard of soulmate, I found my soulmate? You have, right? (laughs) I found my soulmate in California, but I got one in Georgia. No, you don't. Soul. I've seen so many people who've gone through so many soul mates. <laughs> I want to tell you something about. Oh boy, uh, spirit! everybody say spirit to spirit, everybody say soul to soul. And here, here's a third way that God orders His His way of hierarchy: body to body. Can you say that? But but here's where we here's where we have it in reverse. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm amazed that somebody could meet on the internet three or four days ago and be in bed together. So, so what, what the reverse order is is that folks get sexually, body to body involved. And if they like each other after Body to body. They are uh, moving together. together. And uh, I am as serious as the day is long. I inject humor in this because it's kind of hard for me to say it. But I am. God knows that some of this stuff will send people to hell. You don't, you say amen or owe me, but it's going to send folks to hell. Jesus did not die to be favorite with some folks and unfavorite with others. Jesus will judge everybody by his word. I'm not mad, but I do know what is coming today. I love you, but I ain't gonna answer to you. See, I, I can't take this book and tear off some leaves and say it wasn't in the Bible. I'll tell you this, y'all okay? This is how I operate. This is how I, I don't know what other preachers do, this is what I do. Because I believe it. I will ask two questions for anybody who wants me to perform their ceremony. Because I don't give a rip about how many ceremonies I do in a year. I don't have a quota to do. I don't get paid any more, any less, whether I get a quarter or not. I mean, he's mad. No, it's burning up in me like fire shut up in my bones. And I might add, don't send me no email. i never read them anyhow. <laughs> don't send me no text, no Instagram or Twitter because I don't tweet and I don't even know what Instagram is. If I had those things coming in, I think somebody would try to buy me. I mean it. Try to buy me to compromise. I'll ask two questions: Are you divorced? If you've been married? are you legally divorced? And are you all sleeping together? It's called fornication and adultery. Okay. That's all right. I'm encouraged now. Let me, let me tell you something else I must tell you. There must be communication. Communication is to marriage what blood is to the body. Because when your blood stops flowing, you're dead. Communication. Do, do you know that in 1969, the United States sent two men to the moon? And they were able, from planet Earth, to communicate multiple hundreds of thousands of miles to the moon. To the moon. One small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Remember that. I I, I must say this. That if we can communicate on the email, on the text, we can communicate and all these other stuff that's available to us. A cell phone. It, it would look like to me we could communicate to build our marriage. Yes. Hey, uh, you know, just to be a, a little, little medicine here. Uh, communication. It is not mainly how long you communicate as it is what you communicate. For example, what, okay? Uh, One one man said to his wife, why can't you be like my mom? And uh, the girl said, why can't you be like my dad? One fellow says, Said to his wife, why can't you make biscuits like my mother used to? She said, why can't you bring home the dough like my daddy used to? Did you get it? See, see if you like this. Communication. Everybody say communication. Again, it's not how long. It's what you say. Uh, Lady Astor and Winston Churchill Both served in the British Parliament in perhaps the mid-1900s. They were always at each other, Lady Astor and Winston Churchill. And so, Lady Astor said to Churchill, disgusted with him, if I were your wife, I would put arsenic in your tea. Churchill said, madam, I can assure you that if I... If you were my wife, I would gladly drink it. (laughs) How about this? Another occasion, uh, Lady Astor saw Churchill, and she said to Churchill, Churchill, you are drunk. He said, that is true, and you are ugly. (laughs) But he said, tomorrow I'll be sober. That, that is not good communication like like this one I heard and i, I heard this and and I know you'll buy the c d now because I've mellowed it out uh, this guy is married to a wealthy woman uh by the way, how many of you know that marriage is the hardest way to get money? Uh. so this guy he is. In the same proximity of the room that his wife enters in, and I guess she's a little mad, and she says, "If it wasn't for my money, you wouldn't have that Rolex on your wrist." She got a little more stirred up. She said, "If it wasn't for my money, you wouldn't be sitting on that leather couch, boy." He said nothing. She said, "If it wasn't for my money." You wouldn't have that Mercedes Benz in the garage. Then he got fed up. He said, if it wasn't for your money, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Has the anointing left. Hey, listen, let me, let me oh, boy. L- look at this. You know, when you grow old with somebody, you kind of learn them, Right? But now, here's a little something. An elderly couple, a husband and wife, were having problems remembering things. So they decided to go to their doctor, get checked out, just to make sure nothing was wrong. The doctor explained to them that when you uh, uh, get too many things on your mind, you'll have problems with memory. So he suggested that they might want to start making notes to help them remember things. And they thanked the doctor. Uh, Later that that night while watching TV, the man got up from his chair and started the the kitchen and his wife asked, where are you going? He says, I'm going to the kitchen to get some ice cream. She said, will you get me a bowl of ice cream too while you're there? He said, sure. She asked, do you think we should write it down so that you can remember? (laughs) No, I can remember that, he said. Well, I would like some strawberries on the top of my ice cream. You had better write that down because I know you'll forget. No, I won't forget, he assured her. Well, I also want some whipped cream on top. I know you'll forget that, so you better write it down. He was obviously irritated, but he managed to say rather nicely, I don't need to write that down. I can remember that. About 20 minutes later, he returned with a plate of bacon and eggs. (laughs) She stared at it for a moment, says, I knew you were going to mess it up. You forgot my toast. <laughs> You've been there, haven't you? I, I could tell some of you have been there. You've been there and done that. Mm-mm. Here we are. I'm going to wrap it up with these, these thoughts. Here's the instructions for marriage. Okay? I hope this helps you. Uh, There's the word, the first instruction is listen, listen, listen. Wow, that could save a multitude of tears. Just listen. Let let me briefly touch on this word listen and take every letter of that word and, and give you a sort of a formula. Are you with me? The first letter of the word listen is a L. It stands for look into her eyes while you're talking. Yeah, okay. Amen. You can't have the TV on and the newspaper in, in uh, one hand and, and the air plugs in the other and say, I'm listening. <laughs> look, look at this. The second letter in the word listening stands for inquire. Tell me more, honey. Inquire. You, you, ever, you ever talking to your spouse and uh, that you, you say to them, are you listening? Say, I'm listening. I'm, Tell me what I just said. Come to the music, my brother, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) S-L-I-S stands for stop interrupting me. Don't don't you know you're having kind of tense words and and having tense words, uh, you know, he's going 90 miles an hour and you just have four or five points you want to make because somebody needs to win this argument, it's me. But the, the thought is, tell them what, they said, the E in the word listen is express some form of comfort. Give me an amen on that. Amen. Don't, don't go to bed mad. Amen. 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 Don't, don't go to bed separated. Love one another, and, and if you need to pick it up in the morning, then it will be more mellow. Never look at your watch while she's talking. Some of you can go to some psychiatrist and psychiatrists pay 90 bucks for what I'm giving you free. <laughs> put, put the rest of it. Here, here it is. Appreciate. Share. Tell yourself every day what is important. Would you stand, please? Thank you for. Listening to me. I trust that I haven't come across unkind or belligerent. I'm not here to shoot you between the eyes. I am here to give you manna from heaven. And if you eat this bread, he says, and you drink this water, you shall never thirst again. Here's how I like to close feeling directed by the spirit to do this and I'm going to ask every couple husband and wife obviously you have to be here together to join me at the altar for a prayer please come from every every part of the church come as closely as you can Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Thank you so much. You're responding beautifully. If we need to go on either side a little bit further, come, Miss Valerie, and, and, and you stand with me. Help her through there, would you guys? Josh, help up that step. Let me go here, Pastor Josh. come and stand beside me, Valerie. Uh, If you are engaged to be married, you're welcome to come. If you think I'm using cheap psychology, then I might have to leave that out there because I'm not. The most valuable thing you have whose hand you are holding now. Most valuable. When you're finished with your life's work and you sit back on your rocking chair, may it be such that you have somebody to share that porch with because of how you treated him or her. Your life. Your car and your money savings in your house will be necessary but they won't buy you companionship. Sometimes you've been together so long you don't have to say something to each other. You just know it. So if you don't already have your spouse by the hand, would you do that now? And In the house just bow with us and thank you for allowing this little different approach today. And I'm going to pray over us. I know I've had a good time. and There's nothing wrong with good times. Perhaps we're crying too much when we should be laughing. I praise you for everyone in this altar. Change our hearts, O God. Let us not be the priority in our marriage. Let our spouse be the priority. If our spouse is unsaved, Don't let us beat him or her up with our salvation. Amen, church. Let's live for God before him. And our faith, be it him or her, will draw them to Jesus. That's what you said. God, I pray as we join hands with our spouse that nothing will separate us. Nothing. Not the lust of the flesh and lusty eyes of pride of life. I pray no storm but blow into our lives where husband or wife has to face it alone. If, the, if there's sickness, we're going to be together. If there's a monetary need, we're going to be together. If one of our children are not behaving like they should or haven't communicated in years, we're going to be together. Oh, God... I pray today that you would keep us founded in the rock, Jesus Christ. Do not allow our marriage to be disposable. Do not let us take our marital values from Hollywood. Do not let us take our marital values from somebody's shows that are full of lust. God didn't bring us together for lust. He brought us together for love. Live in our house. Amen, church. Live in our cars. Live in the place where we work. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Deliver us from evil, God. And when the day is done, as it's said by so many, when... Lord, it comes to the end of the day. Let us be able to hold hands, hug necks, cry together, or smile together. In Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. Now here's what I, not want to keep you long, but I feel the, the cherry on the icing of the cake is for you to pray for your bride, sir. So you face each other and the man pray over his wife. Take about a minute. Hold on, sweetie. Go ahead. Let that wife hear you pray. it's getting a little late but Terry with us I want you to think on this love song he's going to lead in a minute and then while he leads it you'll, you'll just give your bride a kiss make sure it's your bride <laughs> sing it just stay with me till we sing it at least one time